this 4th of July episode of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, July the 3rd, and we are here for a full card of July the 4th baseball. Uh, apparently, it's a big day where you people come from. Um, so, um, what's more American? And getting down to the ballpark and watching 18 Dominicans look it out on the diamond. Uh, patriotic day for all involved. Joining us first up uh, is Mr. Scott Reichel. Scott, happy July the 4th. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Is that what you uh, say? Some, something like that, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> okay. it. Uh, we're spending the entire day watching your uh, signature tradition, which is rained out tennis matches. So that was how I spent <laughs> yeah, my uh, that, yeah. day. But yeah, can't complain. Looking forward to the baseball games. Did you enjoy the way that they just didn't close the roof this morning when it was clearly going to rain? Yeah, they didn't close the roof, yeah. and apparently they can't afford lighting. The lamps, I guess, don't work properly, <laughs> so they had to close the outdoor courts. You know, I, it's, it, I like how uh, they run everything back like it's 1950. It's a nice <laughs> yeah, this, this entire country is regressing at quite a rapid uh, pace, Scott. Uh, third man on the show tonight uh, from Greensboro, North Carolina. Is Mr. Lonte Smith. Lonte, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, man, doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to some of these intriguing matchups. I have no idea what to do with any kind of tennis. I just tell Scott's plays. Um, so that's all I have for that. But other than that, man, ready to get into the card with you guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good-looking card. I think we've got 11 games on the board, four games off the board. We've got a few TBD pitches. And we've got a couple of games that are live at the moment, which is why... Uh, some of the some of the games aren't priced up. We've been a really weird um, day so far. We've had two teams that have blown six run leads. Uh, the Astros were six nothing up against Texas. Texas came back to lead eleven ten, and now Houston lead twelve uh, eleven going into the bottom of the ninth. And the Cubs were six to nothing up against Milwaukee, who were fought back and now uh, lead at eight six. Well, the Cubs have a couple of runners on. So if you uh, if you live bet teams that are, are losing, uh, today has very much been the day for you. Uh, first in the comments tonight was King Tut. How are you doing? He's laughing at the picture. I put a stupid picture of me up earlier on just to annoy Moonaf. Um, and Moonaf did say he would change it. And Moonaf's clearly either forgot to change it or he's pulled the old double bluff and just left the stupid picture of me up. So that's kind of backfired a little bit. Um, so either really lazy or really clever from Moonaf. Um, I suspect I know which one it is. But um, who else is in there? Johnny Boy, new name on me. Good evening, big fan of Lonte, Johnny. You got a, a little fanboy in there. So yeah, July the fourth baseball. That is exciting. We've got uh, loads of day baseball. It's great for me. Great week. Uh, the next couple of weeks are quite good fun. Actually, build up to the All Star game um, and the the home run derby, etc. And we get a really early start tomorrow. We have an 11.05 a.m. Eastern time first pitch, which is 4 p.m. for me. That is absolutely perfect. 
uh, between the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals. Now, I did have Alec Mills handicapped for Cincinnati. Um, I've now been told, only just recently by Scott, that it's Brett Kennedy uh, who will pitch for the Cincinnati Reds and left-handed pitcher Patrick Corbin is going for the Nationals. Uh, minus 140 on the Reds, plus 115 on Washington. Uh, I don't have a total of either of you boys seen a total at all. I saw 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Um, yeah, so I don't know anything about Brett Kennedy either. Um, he hasn't pitched competitively or, or certainly in the majors since 2018. Uh, so not really know what to expect. Scott might be able to tell us a little bit more about him. Um, Patrick Corbin, um, I mean, this could be a, possibly a bullpen day for Cincinnati. When I had Alec Mills go and I had a feeling it might be a kind of opener, piggyback starter situation. Uh, Patrick Corbin is 5-9 and nine on the year with a 484 ERA. Seven scoreless at Seattle last time. Seven earned runs given up in the start before. And that, in a nutshell, is Patrick Corbin. It's pretty much impossible to handicap. Um, or you do get more bad starts than good ones. Um, Washington are averaging under four runs per game uh, lately. I counted that back. It was the last 19 games or something. They had a little look this afternoon. Cincinnati are just in an incredible run. They've won 19 of 25 now. Um, and I don't really think with either of these two teams, it matters who's pitching. I would take Cincinnati to outscore Washington. Seems pretty straightforward. Um, so, yeah, the minus 140 price isn't the most attractive on the card tonight. Uh, but Cincinnati would be my pick. Um, Scott, can you tell us anything much about Brett Kennedy at all? Uh, yeah, he's not very good. Uh, but he's okay. going to probably pitch about an inning or so. You mentioned he's probably going to be an opener, which he was in San Diego in 2018, a reliever. So I'm expecting him to probably pitch an inning or two. Then Mills will probably handle the bulk of it. Uh, but yeah. Corbin was good last start. Seattle, though, can't hit lefties, and they strike out a lot. So that was a perfect storm for Corbin. He's not very good, but he wasn't as bad as he was last year. But I do think looking at this matchup, I'm going to lean to the over. Uh, with Mills and Kennedy, I'm not sold on the Reds pitching in general. And the Reds are a phenomenal over team because they can't pitch, and all they do is score runs. Uh, so I am going to look for an over in this game. Maybe Nationals team total over if you want to avoid getting involved with uh, potentially pitching to the Reds at all. Maybe you want to look at the Nationals team total over. But I do know for a prop in this game, I am pretty tempted to take the under on bases for Ellie. De La Cruz, okay. he's a brutal right-handed hitter, and nobody's talked about it. He is abysmal from the right side. And I've mentioned this before. He should be a full-time lefty, and they're wasting their time with him trying to bat right-handed. He's batting like 100 from the right side. He can't hit against left-handed pitching. So I'd look for Ellie under if I had to pick some total base stuff. Yeah, I've picked up, Scott, that on, on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, you've been beating that drum uh, a couple of times. So we'll have to see if uh, if the books or the Reds or anyone else catches up with that trend. Uh, Lonte, difficult one to handicap this as a lead-off game. Did you have much on it? Uh, yeah, not really. Um, I'm, I'm unsure about... Uh, you know, the, the Cincinnati pitcher. Um, so not much to dive into on his side. But what I do trust is the Cincinnati offense against Corbin. I think they'll be able to get some runs. So I agree with the overcall by Scott. Uh, in the chat, I see Johnny Boy likes the first five for Washington. I don't hate that either. Um, thinking if they could come out and get to, you know, the pitcher early. Scott, you said he hasn't pitched since 2018, right? 
in the majors. I'm assuming he's been in the minors for the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. yeah. So he should be. He, he might get touched up a little bit. And um, Washington's bats have been okay uh, as of late. Um, I mean, Cincinnati is 22 and 18 on the road. Washington is abysmal at home. 15 games under 500 at 12 and 27. Um, so I like Cincinnati in the over here. I would lean to Cincinnati, but like you said, Mal, I don't know if I want to lay 140 with the unproven pitcher. Yeah. Um, so I might look at Washington first five and just look at a Cincinnati team total to go over. Okay, let's move on to something we can get our teeth into a little bit more fully. It's a 105 Eastern first pitch between the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. Kyle Gibson for Baltimore and Clark Schmidt will pitch for the pinstripes. Close on the books, minus 110 Baltimore. Singing minus one eighteen about the Yankees and a total of eight and a half. Scott. Yeah, so the Yankees have been playing a little bit better lately. They lost a series to St. Louis over the weekend. Uh, but offensively they've been okay recently. Uh the problem with Baltimore in this spot is that Gibson has been brutal the last two outings. And I think that could be a problem in this one. Against Cincinnati, four and two thirds, six earned, and against Seattle, three innings, five earned. So he's been a mess his last two outings. Uh, ZRA in the last five starts, 6.84. So he's kind of falling apart. Uh, Schmidt's been okay. He's the pretty standard five innings, three earn type guy. I'm going to lean to Baltimore in this one because I think that they're the better team. And I don't want to lay with the Yankees. But I do think if you're looking at some potential value, maybe Yankees first five, team total over, give or take. Uh, but I do think when you're looking at this overall matchup, I really don't want to be laying minus 120 with the Yankees when I do think Baltimore is the better team. And the Yankees offense has been still pretty inconsistent. I'm going to lean Baltimore. I don't feel great about it. I do like the first five over in this game. I'm not sold on Gibson. I'm not sold on Schmidt. So give me runs early in this game. Yeah, my play, Scott, was the first five as well. And it was the Yankees on the first five, just for really the, the problems that Gibson has been having. And the fact that... Baltimore have had a little mini skid, um, not scored as many runs over the last few nights. So um, I say I wouldn't trust this to go full game because at some point Baltimore bats are capable of waking up. And when you get deep into that Baltimore pen, um, they're absolutely rock solid as well. But I thought the Yankees could do okay early on against Gibson and get their uh, noses in front here. So first five Yankees pick was my bet, Lonte. Yeah, man, I can't believe Scott. For, on Fourth of July, man, you're going against the Yankees at home. I'm, I'm not laying 120 like oh, with the I Yankees mean, at this point. Smith, Smith, Smith's been pretty good. It's just that he doesn't. Whenever he pitches, for whatever reason, we just can't hit. Um, I guess anybody. So it's my fault that the Yankees can't hit. Whenever <laughs> <pitches. So laughs> so, like he, he's one earned or fewer in three of his home in his last four home starts. He got two earned or fewer in eight of his eleven starts home home or away. So. Offensively, like you said, Scott, I mean, I think the Yankees are uh, finding a little bit of a groove. They did win three of the last five in the two previous series, um, but they've lost the last two uh, in New York against Baltimore. And, Mal, you mentioned Baltimore struggles offensively. I, I think Smith can hold them down, and with the erraticness of, of Gibson, Levin earned in his last two, I, I think the Yankees can, can get the bats going here. So, uh I'll lay it on the run line because I think it's a, it's a high chance that if the Yankees win the game, they win by two or more runs. So I'll take the Yankees on the run line um, versus taking the the small money line price. Uh, the two games that were live have just gone uh, final. Houston hung on uh, to win 12-11. So that was a loser. I took Texas. And uh, the Brewers uh, beat the Cubs 8-6. to six. That was a loser because I took the under. So I'm over 2 
so we've got a couple of losers out the way, which means we can concentrate on the winners coming in. One ten Eastern first pitch tomorrow is the St. Louis Cardinals at the Miami Marlins. Adam Wainwright for St. Louis and Jesus Lazardo, left-handed pitcher for Miami. Um, plus 125 for the Cardinals, minus 150 on the Marlins with a total of eight and a half for Lonte. Yeah, man, I don't know how you can trust Wayne right right now um, or, or any time uh, for that fact. I, I don't think that um, he's in good form right now. 14 earned runs in his last two starts. Hasn't pitched over three innings in those two starts. Three-plus earned runs in all of his road starts. Seven-plus hits in all of those as well. So he's – He's, he's allowing some some hard contact. Um, so I like Miami to bounce back here. It's pretty simple for me. Uh, I don't trust St. Louis at all, especially with Wainwright on the mound. Miami has been excellent at home, 25 and 16. They also perform well as a favorite, 25 and 13. And St. Louis struggles on the road, 18 and 24. Uh, Lazardo is phenomenal in his last three starts, two earned runs combined in those three. Uh, he pitches well at home also. Great command. Um, I would look at under on his on his walks props. He's only walked more than two batters twice. Um, I mean, once in, in a game. So um, he had seven or more Ks in seven of his last nine. Also pitches deep into games, so you don't have to worry about the Miami bullpen. Uh, I, I think Miami is the right side here at home, and they, I think they bounce back after a, a tough weekend, and, and they get the win. Okay, so it's Miami for Lonte. Scott, do you agree? Yeah, I'm taking Miami run one. Uh, Wainwright this season is perfectly symbolic of the Cardinals this season. So I, it, it's been a mess. Uh, there's really no way around it. Wainwright, in hindsight, should have walked into the sunset with uh, Yadier Molina, probably. Uh, but he hung around, and it seemed like he gave everything he had in the in the baseball classic during the offseason because he's got nothing left for the entire season. His ERA is north of seven. It's been really sad to watch. But this line is way too short. And I know that I'm saying that while Miami's still like laying 160. There's really no way with Lazardo on the mound against Wainwright. They should only be around 155 at home. This line should be closer to 180, 190 at this point. I'm taking Miami. Miami is a be- the better baseball team. They're a playoff team. St. Louis might blow up the team halfway through the year. But Wainwright's got nothing left in the tank at this point. So I got to go with Miami. Yeah, completely agree with you. I think for Adam Wayne, right, you can kind of read Kyle Gibson. Um, same, the, the old guy fades that we've been playing since April has applied very much to these two. Um, at, least, at least Gibson's 8-5. and five. He was decent to start the year. Wainwright's just been bad. Yeah, I, I think it was the fact that they were going to drop off was was part of the uh, yeah. was was part of the thing here. Uh, Lewis Arise is still uh, rolling along nicely. A 16-game hit streak for him. I mean, sometimes this is just really straightforward. I have got St. Louis, no, and Wainwright, no, taking on Miami, yes, and Lozardo, yes. Um, so that pretty much uh, filled that box up. So, yeah, give me the unit and a half play on Miami at a price of minus 150. Um, Randy's joined us. Randy, good evening. How are you doing? Nice to have you in the chat. We will move on. Um, we need to tell you about what well, what a great time to be alive. We've got Circus Sports back and all these mad fun contests. Um, Circus Sports. So if you're not interested, get a pen, write this down. This is crucial. The Circus Millions contest and the Circus Survivor contest are very much back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. You've got the Circus Millions, which you pick five NFL games against the spread each week. And then the Survivor, uh, where you pick a different money line winner. Each week, you can enter in Vegas. Um, you can play from anywhere. Get yourself a proxy. Um, we would have the boys know all the best men 
Um, the SGPN crew will be out there for the last week in August as well. Uh, you need to go to circusports.com for all of the details. Uh, that is circusports.com. Um, it's told me to give a survivor pick here for week one. The, the answer is, I've got this under control, uh, Detroit are going to turn Kansas over. So there you go. Uh, no need to look at the week, your week one pick because I've sorted it out for you already. 135 Eastern first pitch. It's the Texas Rangers and the Boston Red Sox. This is the most off the board game. Uh, Dane Dunning is going to go for Texas and Boston it is entirely TBD. Uh, nothing at all I haven't seen for, for Boston. There's no lines here. We have uh, Dane Dunning. He's going along beautifully. Consistent um, is the word. Seven and one on the year. 269 ERA. Two earned runs in each of his last three starts. He went six innings, then he went seven innings, then he went eight and two thirds. Um, the one th- I could possibly give you a pick here. Uh, if the books were sleeping, he caged he- 10 people last time. Um, but that's the complete nutter outlier. The four games before that, he struck out two, three, three, and one. Uh, now, if the books um, look at that 10 and maybe price him up somewhere around the four or five mark, they might not. Um, but there could be a little overreaction to that 10 strikeout game. I would head towards the under on the Dunning strikeout props. Texas having a little bit of a lull themselves. Three and seven now in their last 10, having lost just tonight um, to Houston. Corey Seager's going along really well, uh, hitting 361 in his last 10. He was doing bits and bobs as well tonight. Um, but yeah, apart from those little nuggets, uh, maybe a, a under on the K prop for Dunning. I don't have an awful lot on this, Lonte, you? Yeah, not really. Um, I kind of like the over. Uh, I think both offenses have a chance to score, you know, some runs, especially Boston if, if Dunning can't give him length. But Dunning, like you mentioned, he, he's been pretty consistent. Um, but, you know, Boston back home from a road trip, I think somebody just brought it up in the in, in the chat, always a fade uh, coming back from a, a longer road trip. Um, but I thought Boston looked good versus Toronto. I mean, I thought they showed the ability to win, you know, the game in multiple ways. But, again, they're going against Dunning, who has been – incredible to earn runs of fewer in five of his six road games. So he's getting it done at home and on the road. I would lean to the over and a slight lean to, to Texas um, on the road whenever they drop those lines. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to look at Texas first five in this one. Uh, I hate the Rangers bullpen, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, I do think Dunning uh, should pitch for a pretty long time in this game. My favorite prop is going to be Dunning over and outs because Texas burned yeah. half the bullpen in the game. Uh, and it ended up being some big relievers at the end because they were winning. But Chapman pitched an inning. Will Smith pitched an inning. Uh, you had Bradford pitch two and a third. Otto's the long reliever. He pitched three and a third because Perez only went one and a third. So the point is Texas did use a lot of the bullpen yesterday, including some of the key arms. So I think that Dunning should be uh, forced into pitching a relatively long time. I like the Rangers' first five because I do think Dunning's better than whoever Boston has, but I really don't trust Texas' bullpen, especially if Chapman, and I know Smith blew the game, but if Smith's not available either, then you're going to have to kind of scramble to find somebody to close the game. But give me Dunning over and outs as my favorite prop. I just think that you're going to see him forced to pitch for a pretty long amount of time because they use a lot of relievers in the Monday game. Um, I did forget to mention that that game tonight, Houston and Texas, we... um. Myself and Dylan last night name-checked Travis Jankowski and Leody uh, Tavares as the eighth and ninth hitters who were sort of hitting 
309 and 280 something. Uh, tonight they went five for eight between them with uh, two home runs and eight RBIs. Uh, so the two Texas bats we put up tonight uh, very much did the job. 210 Eastern first pitches the Kansas City Royals and the Minnesota Twins. Zach Gwenke goes for Kansas and Kenta Maeda towards the start for the Twins. Plus 165 for the Royals, minus 213 on Minnesota, total of eight and a half. Scott? This one's pretty tricky because it involves the Twins being massive favorites, but the Twins kind of impressed me over the weekend. They looked pretty good in Baltimore. Uh, they went in there and they looked pretty good. And I do think that with Granke, the problem is he gives up a lot of contact and he was pretty good his last start. Uh, he did give up 11 hits, but only two runs and he struck out nobody. So I do think Granke's last start was a bit misleading because Cleveland stranded a bunch of guys on base basically every inning. Uh, but every the start before that, though, four and two thirds, seven runs against Tampa, five innings, four runs against the Angels, five innings, three runs against the Reds, four and a third, five runs against Miami. Granky just has not been good, simply put. And I'm not saying my eight is good either, but I think I'm going to lean to the over. I don't feel great because that involves backing the Royals offensively, but I really don't trust Granky's form. Maeda has been good lately, though. Uh, last two starts, five innings in each start, two total runs allowed. He's kind of been okay this year besides the destruction against the Yankees where he gave up 10 runs in three innings. I think as a result, Maeda's numbers are a little bit misleading, and I think that he's better than his numbers suggest. I'm going to go with Minnesota on the run line. It's really just fading Granky, who's given up a bunch of contact. Kind of the same reason why I keep fading Nicholas for the Cardinals. It's just a spot where his stuff isn't really getting past guys. The problem is a lot of guys get on base every time he starts, and that's kind of a dangerous way to live. I'm going to go with the Twins' run line in this game. Uh, totally agree with you. In um, Scott, again, you, you picked out my, my key piece of info. Um, and really, it's that 10 and one start that's inflated uh, my Ada's numbers to when you look at the surface, um, it turns you off a little bit. But if you scratch that, absolutely fine. Uh, multi walks in his last three games, so there could be something in there for my Ada. Uh, Kansas won back to back games for the first time in over a month. Um, Road Grenke's just got a big cross next to his name. So, yeah, uh, Twins run line for me as well, Lonte. Yeah, I don't trust either team, um, so I won't be going on the side. Although Kansas City did look good, like you mentioned, uh, against the Dodgers in those last two games, offensively especially. Um, instead, I'm going to go with the under um, four of the last five, actually eight of the last ten um, have went under for Minnesota. Um, Kansas City is 59% to the under in their road games. Uh, you mentioned Granky being hit around. I mean, Minnesota offensively doesn't really scare me uh, at all. And, and, you know, Maeda, you, you, he's been electric in his last two starts. So I'm not sure if that's sustainable at all, which is why I don't want to bet on Minnesota. And I also don't want to bet against – I mean, I don't want to bet uh, on Kansas City because, I mean, obviously they're Kansas City. So uh, I'll just keep this one out. Um, I'll lean to the under uh, with both teams having the inability to hit the ball at certain stretches of the time. The Dodgers really lost the series to the Royals. Yeah, and they got they got smoked. They got smoked in both of those games. Like offensively, <laughs> Kansas City was Kansas City was looking like the Braves, man. People keep disrespecting the Diamondbacks, man. The Dodgers just aren't that good. They're, they're they're good, obviously, comparatively speaking. But to most years, they're I don't think they're the best team in the division. I mean, Do you? I mean, Kershaw Kershaw's uh, 
like probably close to winning the Cy Young, and he's seventy-seven years old. Yeah, he was that's, the only guy. That shows you what that shows you what they got. Yeah, I think everybody knew they were vulnerable at the start of the season, but expected it was the Padres who were going to do a job on them. Uh, the odds keep suggesting, been... like, oh, Dodgers are going to figure it out. It's like, are they? They lost the series to Kansas City. Like, are we sure that some... they're going to figure it out? Yeah, they got to get some arms, man. They they got to get... the offense will be fine, I, I believe, but they they don't have any arms. They the bullpen's some... a mess. Yeah, that too. Four ten Eastern first pitch is the. New York Mets at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kodai Senga for the Mets. And uh, Zach Davis will go for the D-backs. It is a match on the books. Minus 110, each of two. And I haven't written the total down. It's either not available or I haven't written it down. Can't help you. Uh, Lonte, the bookies can't split the tie on this one. Can you? Mets at the D-backs? Man, oh, honestly... Sorry, you wanted a line. Did you have the money line Please. or you wanted both? Uh, so Senga's minus 115, give or take. Uh, Fandle was minus 104, though, so actually a decent differential there. Uh, but the total is nine. Okay, nine. There you go. Okay, Lonte, thank you. Yeah, either one, it don't matter to me. I, I don't. I can't really trust uh, Davies. I, I love Arizona, um, but Davies is just too up and down for me. I, I think they probably got to get another arm in the lineup. I think me and Munaf talked about that in um, – in the uh, Futures Fridays episode, maybe like two or three weeks ago, um, I just I'm a fan of Arizona, but I just can't trust Davies. Um, but I also don't trust the Mets against good teams, although they were impressive um, taking two out of three against San Francisco. But they tried their best to blow both of those games uh, to their best ability. Um, Senga has been pretty good to earn runs of fewer in five of his last seven starts. And uh, he's also had five earned runs combined in his last three road starts. So he pitches well both sides. Uh, the Mets do, however, struggle on the road, 18 and 26. Arizona, four games above uh, 500 at home. But again, it, it is Davies, and I'm just not the biggest fan. Although he did pitch well against Tampa Bay, um, he still allowed 18 earned runs in the previous three starts. Uh, that's combined runs in this previous three, three starts. Um, Arizona's profitable as a dog, 28 and 17 on the run line. So if you want to you know, get the best bang for your book. I would take Arizona on the run line. Um, and if there are a few games above 500 on the money line at home as a dog. So I'll take Arizona on the run line at home um, at a nice plus price. What is the, what is the, um, the plus price on that Scott minus one and a half is it like plus plus one seventy? Uh, it's going to be pretty high. Oh, I got to pull up a book though. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I just didn't have it listed. That. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'll probably use it as my dog, but that, that's a lot. Like I like, Arizona, well, I lean to Arizona at home. I'm just not the biggest Davies guy. Um, Scott, at one point last week, we uh, we faded the arse out of uh, Davies and he pitched an absolute gem last time. So are you fading him again tomorrow? Well, that was the thing is that Davies pitched well and they still lost the game because the bullpen blew the game <laughs> in the ninth inning. But yeah, Davies, I called arguably the worst starting pitcher in the league and he gave up no runs against the raise for about seven innings so yeah that didn't exactly go too well but i am gonna go with the mets first five in this one uh the mets tend to blow a lot of games but in order to blow games you have to be winning so the mets tend to find their find ways to lead at certain points i'm not gonna fully overreact to one good start i don't think davies is a good starting pitcher and i don't think he's been good for a while saying has been good and I am aware, though, traveling to the desert can make life difficult on a pitcher every now and then. But I do think when you're looking at the disparity for starting pitchers and with the overall price here, I'd rather take the Mets first five. I'll, I'll back Sanga against Davies. And then after five innings, 
I'll let the Mets fall apart again and find a way to lose. But for the sake of this game, I like Sanga more than Davies. That's good enough for me. I'll take the Mets first five. Uh, Dylan gave out the numbers last night on how many leads the Mets had blown this season. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was now, but it was a, a lot. lot. It was a it was a it was a remarkable number. Um, it's usually the seventh and eighth inning. That's when they it, totally fall apart. Yeah, so. they, they tried to give it away against San Francisco in those two games in, yeah. in the series. Well, the Mets are going on a run. That's my big take. Uh, the Mets are going to have a good old July. Um, could I think his last two road starts have been a lot better? Um, and I do think that good start from Davis was a was an outlier. Uh, Tommy Pham is a key man at the moment. Sixteen of seventeen, he sits safely in. And like is I said, batting I, recently like seven hundred ever since he cursed out that one guy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, and I do believe the Mets are going to get hot. Uh, like I say, hark back to this. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take the Mets here at minus one ten. Next up, we'll go to another four tennis and first pitch between the Colorado Rockies and the Houston Astros. Kyle Freeland, left-handed pitcher for Colorado. And we see Brandon Bielak, um just recently announced starting here. I had uh, JP France originally. Um, I've got no lines for this. Like I say, Bielak has literally just popped up on my screen, although Scott alerted me to his presence about half an hour ago. Um, no lines on this uh, with that late pitching announcement. Uh, Lonte, can you, you tell us much about this game? Yeah, not really. Um, I would lean to Houston, though. They looked a lot better in, in better form after starting off a little bit inconsistent um, since the Jordan injury stuff uh, hit them. They've, went, they've won four of the last five. Looked really good against the Rangers. Uh, I thought that was a key series for them to get. Um, Colorado is a dumpster fire, man. 45 earned runs combined in their last five starts. So I would look at a team total for Houston and maybe them on the run line. But uh, other than that, I don't know much about Houston's pitcher to to put a bit uh, a big bet on them, so I'll just lean that way on the run line and probably team total over for Houston because Colorado's giving it up every which way but loose. Uh, Houston run line and over uh, were my picks as well here. I've gone so far as to say Houston are going to win this game eight to three. Um, Kyle Freeland's last fourteen and one third innings, sixteen earned runs. Uh, that's a lot. Um, I think B like will probably give up two or three, um, but that's good enough because, like I say, Houston by that time will have seven or eight. So yeah, pretty straightforward. I think Scott. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm gonna go with Houston run line here. Big win for them. Nice comeback win on Monday. Uh, or I shouldn't say comeback win. They blew the game and then they won it again. So maybe they can uh, build some momentum from that. But good series over the weekend against Texas. Uh, you're looking at Colorado. They had an okay series, I guess, against Detroit. Uh, but they give a bunch of runs. You know how hard it is to give up 14 runs to Detroit in one game? It's almost impossible to do. Right, they pulled that right. off on Sunday. <laughs> right. But they can't pitch. And Freeland's been a mess. You mentioned his numbers over the last three starts. He walked five guys last start as well. So I think that he can give up a lot of guys, a lot of traffic on the base paths. Give me Houston on the run line at home. We know Colorado every year they can't win on the road. And this is going to be no different for me. Give me the Astros winning this game comfortably. Okay, I like it, Scott. Uh, Underdog Fantasy and Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Uh, giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get involved with your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. Loads of ways to win over on Underdog. And Underdog is available in lots of states too. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 
at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. 410 Eastern first pitches, the Philadelphia Phillies at the Tampa Bay Rays. Aaron Nola for the Phillies and Zach Eflin for Tampa. Uh, plus 115 Philly, minus 140 on the Rays with a total of seven and a half. Uh, Aaron Nola, seven and five on the year, 451 ERA. He's got one good start in there recently, but it's surrounded by three bad ones. Um, he's been really hittable as well. Scott was talking about pitchers like Mikolas, who just seem to be uh, people put the ball in play. It's a dangerous way to live. Aaron has been a little bit like that this year. 534 road ERA as well. Uh, Zach Eflin has been reliable. Six or seven innings, two or three earned runs. Pretty steady. Um, I think that should be good enough to win this. I thought just the presence of Nola's name might make these prices a little bit closer together. I handicapped this as per usual before I'd seen the prices. Um, and then you put up the Tampa Bay's home record again, 34 and 10 um, against Philly, who are under 500 on the road, Philly. It's just about, I mean, shot around, I'd like to find a minus 130 if I can, um, but I'll be taking Tampa Bay Rays on the money line here, Lunty. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Eflin is is a, a cheap here. Two earned runs, a fewer in five of his six home starts. Hasn't allowed over three runs in those other three, so he's pitching extremely well at home. Nola, uh, you mentioned him, man. I, three earned run, four earned runs, or fewer in five of his last seven, four plus in five straight road games. So I think Tampa is going to match here, especially after struggling to end the Seattle series. Um, and, and return at home where, where they're dominant. You mentioned the record also. I would look at a team total for Tampa Bay also, and I played them on the money line. They're dominant as a favorite, 51-22, and 22, and 34-10 and 10 at home uh, as a favorite. So I like Tampa Bay any way you can get them. First five full, uh, full game and um, run line. I mean, and uh, team total. Uh, Scott, team right on Tampa? Yeah, it's got to be a team right on Tampa. It, it's tough to go against a team that's 34-10 and 10 at home. Just simply put, Philly uh, was playing very good baseball. Disappointing loss on Sunday to Washington, uh, but I do think once again with Tampa being back at home and they can they just find ways to win. They can score a bunch of runs in one game. They can score no runs, then randomly score three in the ninth inning to steal one. They just find ways to win. And Philly is a hard time winning on the road. Nola's been really underwhelming based on preseason expectations. I'm going to go with Tampa in this one. Doesn't help that Philly's bullpen's also extremely consistent. Tampa's bullpen at home, I think, could be able to put the final touches on what could be a close game. Give me Tampa at home. 4-10 Eastern first pitch is the Chicago Cubs at the Milwaukee Brewers. A game in a, a series that we've just seen uh, the Brewers take the first game, 8-6, about half an hour ago. We have Kyle Hendricks going on Tuesday for the Cubbies and left-handed pitcher Wade Miley will go for the Brewers. Lines are even money, plus 100 for the Cubs, minus 125 on the Brewers and a total of nine, Scott. So for this one, Hendricks has been good this year. Uh, So far, 2.81 ERA. Miley's been fine too. I'm just going to go by recent form in this one because I think that the pitchers are basically a wash. The Cubs are kind of falling apart and nobody's really acknowledged it. They were pretty bad against the Guardians uh, over the weekend, and they ended up blowing a six. Uh, they ended up uh, blowing that lead against the Brewers uh, today. But the Cubs have lost seven of eight. They're really not playing good baseball. Milwaukee, though, quietly has been playing some good ball. They've won three straight. 
uh, played pretty well over the weekend against the Pirates. They also won a series against the Mets. Uh, but they've been playing good baseball. So simply put, you have a team in good form against a team in bad form. I do think, once again, that the pitchers are relatively close. So I'm going to go by recent form as my main tiebreaker. Give Milwaukee at home. Okie doke. Uh, Lonte? Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. I, I think Milwaukee's playing a lot better, especially offensively. Uh, they've won seven of the last ten. I know you mentioned they've won three straight. The offense has picked up, which was mostly their Achilles heel. Um, they've had five or more earned runs in four of the last five games. Uh, now, some of that might have been uh, a just, I mean, opponent um, base, but I mean, offense is offense. You got to take it how you can get it, especially with uh, Milwaukee's lineup. Yeah, so, Yelich yeah, has actually been pretty good. He has. He has. Um, Cubs, like you said, they struggle, and they've been struggling on the road, 17 of 22, um, Milwaukee 22 and 18 at home. So I think Milwaukee's the right side here. I, I like Miley more than most. I mean, I think he's pretty having a solid season. I mean, he's allowed – he's only allowed over three earned runs once, and he's allowed two earned runs or fewer in six of his 11 starts. That's including um, allowing two earned or fewer in four of his last five home starts. So he's been pretty good. Um I don't trust the Chicago offense to have any kind of success. I think Miley can have a good day. I probably look at his his total outs prop, maybe a K prop also. Um, I was quite pleased to see a few runs tonight in that game, fourteen runs, because um, they've used them up. I quite like the under nine here. I thought this could have a little mini pitching duel feel about it. Hendricks and Miley have been going well, um, but also I think the Brewers are in decent form and are due a good run as well. Um, so the minus 125 against um, about Milwaukee is, is a price that I'd like. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Milwaukee and I will take the under. Next up is a 4.35 Eastern. First pitch between the Seattle Mariners and the San Francisco Giants. Logan Gilbert is the pitcher for Seattle. We have a TBD pitcher for San Francisco, which means no lines. Uh, Lonte, you've had a couple of these uh, off the board games. Um, is this one any use to you? Yeah, I mean, not really, but I see Gilbert is going for Seattle, right? Is that what I see? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, just, I mean, San Francisco ha- has won games with with openers. They won games, you know, with their with their aces. So, I think if the numbers right, I'm going to be on on San Francisco. I'm not a fan of the Seattle team and their inconsistencies. Um, they strike out a lot. Uh, a lot of swing and miss stuff. Uh, that Gilbert, if he's you know, if he is like on the mound because they have been switching pitches a lot. Um, all teams actually, I have no idea what the hell is going on with that. But uh, he he allows a solid amount of contact, which is trouble against the San Francisco team who could put the ball in play, especially at home. So if the numbers right, uh, I'll be on Seattle. I mean, I'll be on San Francisco uh, t- to win the game here. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that uh, San Francisco have been doing okay with the bullpen games. I think the the record was seven and one uh, in the games that they've cobbled together, either a bullpen game or a, 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 lo- a long reliever. Sean Manai has been doing a good job in there. Um, I, but I've actually taken Seattle in this spot, um, or I've obviously depended on the prices. I thought they, they did okay the weekend against Tampa. And the, the key figure for me is San Francisco are hitting just 197 in their last seven games. They've just stopped hitting uh, the Giants. So, uh, and under is very much in play, but also I think Seattle, whose bats looked okay at the weekend, um, I think might have too much firepower for the Giants. Yes, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to look at the under, uh, depending on if the total is actually reasonable. Uh, but both teams strike out a lot. Seattle's known for striking out a lot. I feel like people have not realized the Giants are also striking out a ton. So, 
I could expect to see a lot of swings and misses in this entire series. So I'm not sure who's going to start for San Francisco. I like the over and strikeouts for Gilbert because the Giants strike out a lot. Uh, but I do think the under is worth a look, especially in this ballpark at night, usually low-scoring games. So I'm going to go with the under in this one. It's really tough for me to pick a side because I don't know who's pitching for San Francisco. So I'm going to lean to an under. The Giants will piece together a decent performance, but once again, they can't hit based on recent form. So I'm going to lean under as my main play. We move on to a 6.40 Eastern first pitch between the Oakland Athletics and the Detroit Tigers. What a game. Uh, two lefties on the hill here. It is J.P. Sears for Oakland. And Tarek Skubal is back for the Tigers. Plus 140 on Oakland. Minus 175 uh, for Detroit with a total of eight and a half. Uh, J.P. Sears... He's one and six on the year with a 4.43 ERA. Um, he had his worst start for ages against the Yankees last time because he was going along uh, really well before that without getting any help at all um, off this Oakland team. We like CS. He's normally he's part of my um, Oakland first five little crew. Uh, Paul Blackburn being another one in there. Uh, now Tarek Skubal's a name that we've heard bounced around for a couple of years now. He's been a fantasy darling uh, in consecutive off-seasons and hasn't started since last August. Uh, Flexer tendon uh, surgery has pitched 14 and two-thirds of Toledo in uh, AAA. He's only given up two earned runs. And there's, some, there's some interesting figures here. You might, I think you might get some value on Scooble tomorrow. Um, he's got a 20 strikeout to three walk ratio. Um, last year, pitched with 352 ERA. Um, and I just think now, he might be on a pitch count. Here's the thing. Um, but there also might be an opportunity. He does strike out a lot of batters. Uh, the A's are 26th um, in the majors for striking out. So I'd be looking at some scuble props. For the game generally, I'll be taking the under um, because I, I like both pitches. Um, and obviously, both offences are terrible. Detroit scored all their runs for the month at the weekend, so that's the end of them. So, yeah, let's see what the, the uh, strikeout prop is for Scooble. Um, and maybe we can get that over if the books are a little bit asleep on that. Otherwise, I'll be taking the under eight and a half, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to look at Detroit run line in this one. Even though Sears is pretty good, comparatively speaking, in terms of talent to the rest of the Oakland rotation, uh, the A's have not done well whenever he pitches. Uh, their A's this season are 4-12 and 12 in Sears' 16 starts. The last three starts that Sears has made, they've been outscored 23-2 to two in run differential in Sears' last three starts. 23-2. to two. I'm going to take Detroit run one in this one. Now, it's always a bit concerning to lay a decent price with a guy coming off the IL because you're never exactly sure how sharp he's going to look. He was good in the minors, though, so that's a good sign. Oakland basically is a minor league team. So maybe that's a fair comparison, but I'm going to go with Detroit run line here. Once again, 23 to two. I mean, they're not giving Sears any support whatsoever. And Detroit offensively was fine in cores over the weekend. Give me Detroit run line in this game. Okay. Damn an indictment there for Scott Lonte. Yeah. So I like Detroit also at home. Uh, I think they'll, they'll uh, build on a, on a good week. They had, they won three of the last five uh, over the last week. 20 and 19 on the run line and 45 and 38 on the year. So that's another feather in the cap for you, Scott. I, I like that run line play. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you a little amount on the, on the total. I like the over 
Uh, offensively, both teams have been playing well. Seven of the last ten went over for Oakland. Uh, six of the last ten over for Detroit. And, I mean, to expand on that, 60% to the over is Oakland on the road. 62% is um, Detroit to the over at home. So I think both offenses, Scooble might pitch well, but it might take them an inning or two to get into the groove. So I think, I mean, as – as crazy as it sounds, I mean, Oakland might can get a few runs off of him early and get a rally going um, before Detroit comes back and, and puts up six or seven runs. So I like the over here. Okay, uh, next we will go to a 640 Eastern first pitch between the LA Angels and the San Diego Padres. Shohei Otani goes for Los Angeles and Joe Musgrove goes for San Diego. Uh, even money with Shohei and the Angels. Minus one twenty for the Padres. Low total seven point five. Scott, is it bad that I feel more confident betting on Otani home run than betting on the Angels to actually win baseball games? <laughs> well, if you bet him last month, you're up like twenty five. Yeah, any homer yesterday, but it's really a tough matchup because Otani's been great this year. Musgrove's been fine, but both these teams are psycho teams, so it's really tough to guess who you think's going to actually pull it out in a given game. I guess I'm leaning Otani because the Angels are plus money, but it would not shock me if Otani goes six innings, one run, hits a home run, and the Angels lose four to three. Like it wouldn't totally shock me if that happens again. So for this one, I think I'm going to go with the first five under and just hope that Otani and Musgrove shove in the first five. That's how I'd look at it. It's really tough to pick between these teams. I don't like either of these teams from a betting perspective. But Otani's a madman. I'll back him in the first five. But once again, it's just so difficult because even when Otani and Trout and Moniak put up massive numbers, they still find ways to lose games. They're only four games over 500, and Otani's having one of the best seasons in the history of the sport. So I am going to lean to the first five under and maybe the Angels' money line in theory because they're plus money. But I hate both these teams when it comes to betting on money line. So I'll look for props instead. Yeah, you're probably right. I'll, I'll jump in there because I've got the first 500 as well. I just think I've got pitching due here. Um, show here two max in his last three. Uh, must go over the same. So, yeah, happy with the under. Um, I thought I'd make uh, mention of Estevez for the Angels. Uh, 21 for 21 in saves. Um actually someone who's reliable uh, in that Angels organisation. But yeah, I think a bit of a slow burner here and we'll just wait for something mad to happen, uh, probably via Shohei Otani. So a first five under for me, Lonte. Yeah, I like the first five under and the full game under also. Um, that's the only thing that can be trusted with, with both of these teams is this, the starting pitchers. Um, Shohei and Musgrove have been uh, incredible. Uh, I am worried about San Diego's uh, they've allowed five plus in four of the last five games. Now, again, the counter to that would be that the Angels offense outside of Trout and Otani, and I guess sometimes Moniak, um, aren't, aren't reliable at all. Oh, but, but the Padres uh, bullpen's been a mess. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the Halos are 22 and 21 on the road. Uh, Two games under 500 at home is, is San Diego. So I'm going to go with the under. I mean, I can make cases for both sides as far as the the side. Um, probably just going to sprinkle a little bit on the first five money line for um, the Halos, thinking that, you know, Shohei, Trout, Mike can get one, and then San Diego won't be able to touch um, Shohei on the mound. So I like, the, I like the Halos first five on the money line. I like the under both first five and full game. 
Uh, 7-10 Eastern first pitch was one of the more intriguing games on this uh, July the 4th card. It's the Atlanta Braves at the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Colby Allard for Atlanta. And Shane Bieber will go for Cleveland. It's tight on the books. Minus 118 for the Braves. Minus 110 for the Guardians. I've got no total on this one. Um, Lonte, if you see a total, shout that out and give us your handicap, please. Uh, let's see if I see one. Uh, I see nine. Nine. Yeah, I see nine. I, I mean, honestly, I got in my in my notes, do not step in front of Atlanta right now. Maul, you stepped in front of Atlanta over the weekend. The last time we talked, he was going against Miami, and they got obliterated. He was a fan of uh, honing, and he gave up five runs. Yeah, yeah, I laughed. Oh, I had a good – at least I knew my feet inside about 90 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah, I didn't have to sit through three fun. hours to lose. I was pretty yeah, much toast. Yeah, uh, but I was I hoping make... you'd all forgotten about that. Well done. Nah, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I maybe look at Cleveland on the first five um, because they do perform well early on in Bieber starts. Um Atlanta, they're in rare form right now. I mean, I, I don't want to go over all the numbers. I mean, they're they're out there, what they're doing offensively. Um, Allard was okay in his first start against, you know, a similar offense in Minnesota. Uh, so he could have success here against a similar lineup. I don't think I think Cleveland and Minnesota are uh, apples to apples as far as offensive um, lineup. But, you know, I trust Atlanta with probably either one of us on the mound. Uh, I think I've said that couple of times down. So I think we can go out there and give them, you know, three and two thirds. Scott can probably give them five innings strong, but me and you, Ma, probably three and two thirds, uh, give up, you know, a couple of runs, and, but Atlanta will, <laughs> will bounce back offensively and, and get us a win. But um, yeah, don't step in front of Atlanta, whatever you do. I played Atlanta cheap, cheap price on the road, um, full game, but look at that. Look at Cleveland in the first five. I think Bieber in the first five has been pretty profitable, profitable um, over the past two seasons uh, in Cleveland. Um, Scott? Yeah, I think this line's ridiculous. Uh, I think the Braves should be closer to like minus 140. I think it's just very disrespectful. And the argument is, of course, Bieber's better than Allard. They kind of have a conversation about Bieber. Because I understand that he was very good in the last couple of years. He's been pretty mediocre this year. And he's still getting lines and a certain amount of respect that I don't think he really deserves. He was good last start against Kansas City. when six innings, gave up no runs. But they also have pulled him at 81 pitches and 82 pitches in each of the last two starts. So length hasn't even been there. So I don't really know what they're doing with Bieber, but Cleveland is one and four in Bieber's last five starts. I'm taking Atlanta. This team's a freight train. I said they're the best offense that I've seen in a long time, and I think they've scored six runs every game after I said that. I said they're the best team in the league. I said they'd probably beat Tampa in six or maybe five. I still stand by that. I know Delonte agrees with me. They're the best team in the league, as far as I'm concerned, and Cleveland can't hit. So I'm going to go with the Braves. This line for me is insanely cheap. If you want to give me the Braves at minus 115 just for the entire season, I'm going to blindly bet it because they'll win more times than not. And Cleveland, once again, I understand Bieber is good based on past years. This year he really hasn't had it to the same degree. I think he's overvalued. I'm taking the Braves. I really don't care if he has it or not. Like, have 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 people been watching this Atlanta offense? Like, they're they're hitting off every single pitcher they face. Yeah, Yuri like, had like a one something ERA and he gave up six runs in the first right, inning right. over so, the weekend. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they I think it's more everybody. so price. I think it's more so price due to the uncertainty of, of the pitcher. It does not a lot. Of, not a big sample size. So I think that's why. I get it's it, but so Cleveland can't hit either. Like, one no, of yeah, I agree. Oh no, I'm with you. Team in the league. That's just yeah, ridiculous. I'm yeah, I'm with you. 
sometimes because I suffer from this imposter syndrome, being the British man talking about baseball, I look for some uh, positive affirmation and. A game like this, my handicap of a game like this is you've just backed me up completely. You two, Trev, Randy, everyone in the chat. Um, because Atlanta can beat anyone was the first note I've made. And I can't believe that this price and for you two and everyone else to be seeing the exact same thing. Uh, that that gives me a little bit of hope. Um, it's, yeah, all the reasons you've just said, there's no reason not to take them. Uh, Cleveland are so anemic. Um, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, are responsible for 41% of the Cleveland runs. Um, if not, I mean, you can't just rely on two bats. You, you need to do a little bit more. We just talked about Texas hitting all the way down to nine. I mean, Cleveland hit, what, one and three or two and three, whatever the hell it is. That's it. Um, yeah, the name recognition is the only thing that makes this price beaver. And I've got him in a few fantasy teams. I'm aware of how underwhelming he's been. I, I didn't need reminding of that either. Um, so, yeah, Atlanta could only be the better year, uh, and I will be delighted to take that price. The penultimate game on the show tonight is the eight tennis and first pitch between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Chicago White Sox. We have Chris Bassett going for Toronto, and Lucas Giolito will go for the White Sox. Uh, minus 125 on Toronto, even money, plus 100 on the White Sox, with a total of nine. Um, Scott just talked about the Angels and the Padres being uh, yeah. two wacko teams. This is a fairly similar situation, yeah. Um, I think everyone knows that I have issues with the Blue Jays. I just can't. They're on my no-bet list. Like, um, they can't win. Um, they were proven over which, the weekend. They were what, sorry? Your doubts were proven over the weekend against... Yeah, yeah. Even again last night, they were kind of in control and then they just lost. <laughs> so they were doing that for large periods. They could be the better team for seven innings and lose. Uh, so Chris Bassett, eight and five on the year with a 4.06 ERA, uh, has been poor lately, 5.96 in his last five. And that includes six scoreless against the Giants last time. However, uh, if you hark back to the Giants handicap, the Giants are probably the lightest sitting team um, in MLB at the moment. And Chris Bassett is much worse on the road as well. Um, Giolito, 6-5 and five on the year, 353 ERA. Going along really nicely, 232 in his last five, 236 at home. He's been pitching well. Uh, Michael Kopech has gone to the aisle for Chicago. Um, so, I mean, I could, yeah, I've got, I'm taking the White Sox because... I can't take the Blue Jays. It was fairly straightforward, really. Um, I do like Jake Berger. Uh, we've had a little um, incident in the Discord a few weeks ago where we talked about Jake Berger being really streaky. Um, and he's up to 18 home runs on the season. Hit one last night. Um, so I'll take... Uh, I like a Berger prop. Um, but yeah, I'll take the White Sox at even. When he, I haven't picked the White Sox many times this season at all and probably won't going forwards. But the return with the Blue Jays behind Jay Alito has been going okay. So I'll take a flyer with the uh, even money lug Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't trust either of these teams, but whoever was the underdog, I was probably going to back. I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know if either team should be in anybody's bet on list. Um, Giolito has been good. You, you mentioned his numbers, um, but he has allowed a home run in 10 of his last 11 games. Uh, he's pitched well at home to earn runs or fewer in five of his last seven home starts. Bassett, 18 earned runs in his last four road starts, um, but he's not facing a tough lineup, um, and he could have a little bit of success. I mean, Chicago strikes out a, a ton. Um, they're better at home, but they still have the ability to swing and miss at, at a bunch of junk. So 
I'm going to lean with, with Chicago here. I, I don't like it at all, but I mean, at, at, at plus money at home, I, I think that's a good play here. Scott? Yeah, I hate both teams, so I'm going to go with the White Sox first five <laughs> uh, on the money line here. Uh, simply put, if I don't trust either team to win games, I'll back the better starting pitcher at the moment, and I got to go with Giolito, who's been very good at home. Basso's good little has start, but I mentioned the Giants strike out a lot. I think Bassett struck out 12 guys, which is an anomaly. So I think that Bassett might be a little bit overvalued because of one good start. He's still not been very good this year. He's been fine, hit or miss, but not great on the road. I agree with everything that you guys said about the White Sox, but I don't trust them to actually win games. Give me Giolito to look decent for five innings. I'll take the White Sox first five. Um, I've taken uh, a few teams that are going to have these hot July runs. I, I put up the Mets. Um, I can't remember who the second team. Uh, the previous I said would go okay. I've got a sneaky feeling about the White Sox as well. Um, they can make a run at that division, you know, if they can just put something together. I think I was, might be I was actually looking at the price for the division like this past weekend, and I what saw the it? White Sox were like four back, and they were ten to one. Yeah. And then I saw them the lose. A ser- then I saw them lose a series to Oakland, and I realized, you know, I think I'm going to save my <laughs> money and put it elsewhere. But yeah, that whole division is. I think the Tigers are forty to one. And they're like th- four games back of first place. Yeah. I don't know if I can get behind the Tigers, though. I mean, maybe if Scuba comes back and shows a little something. But, I mean, outside oh, I of that. The prices are crazy. I know yeah, I mean, yeah that price is insane. And yeah. whatever. Yeah. But. Um, questionable bets has uh, joined us late on here. here QB1. Good to see you in the chat. Uh, we've got one game left here. And it, unfortunately, it's off the board. It's uh, the 9-10 Eastern first pitch between the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the LA Dodgers, we have Lewis Ortiz going for Pittsburgh. And I've got Emmett Sheehan uh, going for the Dodgers, although they are officially TBD. Uh, no lines on this at all. Scott, you got much on this? you anything about Sheehan? Uh, I'm going to go with the over in this game. Uh, the D- Dodgers' offense has been okay. We know Betts has been really good, especially lately. Uh, Freddie Freeman's been good too. But I'm not the biggest fan of Ortiz, giving up eight home runs and 50 and a third. Uh, Shaheen has been fine. Uh, doesn't really go much length, though, but he's been decent as a whole. But Pittsburgh offensively has actually been decent lately, and I do think that they can generate some runs. The, you're looking at the Dodgers' ballpen, which has been quite underwhelming so far this year. But I do think the Dodgers will probably get back on track this weekend after losing a series to Kansas City. But I'm going to lean to the over. I just think that Pittsburgh's offense might be a bit undervalued. We know the Dodgers' offense at home has been solid. And if you want to go by the first three meetings this season in Pittsburgh, each game had at least eight runs. So you have seen some runs when these teams get together. I'm going to lean to an over here. Uh, I don't have a total, though, so I can't make a strong case for it. But... I don't trust the bullpen for either team, and Pittsburgh offensively has been decent lately. So I'm going to lean to the over. Lunty? Yeah, not much um, without any lines, but I do think the Dodgers team total over will probably be worth a look. Uh, after the, after that back-to-back performance against um, Kansas City, I expect him to, to, to come in and be dominant at home. Um, Emmett, if he's on the mound, uh, his confidence is growing. You can tell his command is getting a lot better. Uh, he has to cut down on giving up some hard hits, but you know, again, it's a small sample size. So uh, Ortiz has pitched well uh, if he if he actually is the pitcher. Um, two earned runs or less in four of the last six, but again, I think he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, similar to Brandon Miller, Scott, who know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so I, I like the team total over for the Dodgers. Uh, I think they'll I think they'll come out and get it done. They can put up like seven or eight runs here. So I, I like the Dodgers team total a lot. Um, 
I've gone for Pittsburgh here. I don't mind Ortiz. Um, he was going well till last time. Now I can, I can back him again. This is Sheen's fourth start. His numbers have been okay, but I do worry for him. Um, Pittsburgh aren't in great form. They had that six-game win streak. They've lost 16 of 24 since then. Um, but I guess I just worry for Sheehan. Scott's taking it through the bullpen concerns. Um, I've got no lines here. So if they were if they were a fancy price, um, I could see myself taking a pizza bet on Pittsburgh in this what you, spot. What do, you consider, what do you consider a fancy price? Because you know the Dodgers are going to be laying probably 200 at home, like blindly, right? If Pittsburgh were one plus uh, 160. Okay. I, I think you're probably going to get that. Yeah, I think you'll yeah. probably get that. One, 165, 170 is, is what I think. Well, I'm going to write it down then. It is on my notepad officially. Especially um, after that, the Dodgers' performance, I think, though. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's got us to the end of your uh, 4th of July 15-game card. Um, so, lock and dog picks. Who wants to lead us off? Lonte, what have you got? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll lead it off with the the lock, and I'm going to go with Milwaukee at home. Uh, I think that was a team ride by all three of us. I, I like Ole Miley's been pitching. Uh, I think he's very underrated, especially being at home where he's uh, allowed two earned runs of fewer than four of his last five. Um, the Cubs struggled. Uh, Scott highlighted that uh, at the top of the show offensively. They also struggle on the road, period, 17 and 22. And Milwaukee's in good form right now, seven of the la- one seven of the last 10. The offense has picked up, so I think that is a is a good uh, a good sign for them. So give me Milwaukee at a short price at home. It's minus one. Let me get an updated number. Minus 120. Uh, at home, I think that's a very, very cheap price. Um, as for the dog, I'm going to go with something else that we all liked, and I'm going to go with Tampa on the run line, minus one and a half. I think that's plus 150, plus 152. If you shop around, you can probably get uh, maybe plus 155. I found 55 but, on DraftKings. Yeah, okay, so 155. Uh, I mean, simple simple as put, I mean, Tampa, Tampa Bay has been inconsistent, to, to say the least, in the last, like, end of June. But I think here at home, uh, against a Phillies team who – Oh, I guess Anola, who's who struggled, um, allowing four plus runs and six straight road starts. Not a place you want to go into um, where Tampa Bay has has been struggling after that Seattle series. So I think that at home, where they're dominant, fifty one and twenty two as a favorite, then they come in and win this game, you know, six two seven three uh, type of game. So I like Tampa Bay big here um, over the Phillies. Okay, I like that, Lonte. Thank you very much, Scott. Yeah, uh, so for this one, do we have a cutoff usually for the price for the lock? Like an unwritten rule? You can't go over a certain number? Who cares? Um, if, it, if it's a winner, it's a winner. Just asking. Do we, is there a rule in place? Because I, I like no. Miami minus 150. Yeah, no. minus 150 is... I think yeah, that's is, that, is, is that yeah. kosher? Okay, cool. So I'll take Miami <laughs> minus 150. Uh, I got to fade Wainwright. Just simply put, this line should be a lot higher. Wainwright's been a disaster. His ERA is north of seven. His last couple starts have gotten even worse. Miami, we know, is a playoff team. They've been pretty good. Lazardo's a solid pitcher. And the Cardinals, they were decent over the weekend against the Yankees, but that's because Wainwright didn't pitch. So I'm going to go with Miami on the money line at minus 150. The line should be a lot higher. And for my dog, I'm going to go with a run line here. Give me Detroit. Uh, minus one and a half at plus 120. I mentioned the Sears the last couple starts. They're four and 12 in his outings. Last three starts, once again, Oakland's been outscored 23 to two. And Detroit woke up offensively in cores like you're supposed to. But I do think, once again, Scooball's a pretty good pitcher. He might not pitch long, but I think he'll pitch relatively well. I like a plus price fading Oakland. You can't really go wrong doing that. So give me the Tigers minus one and a half at plus 120. 
Okay. Um, well, I've got a double lock situation here because I'm going to uh, co-sign Lonte's uh, Brewers pick. This was another, in fact, the same as your Miami pick, actually. It was a, it was a better team, better pitcher situation, uh, which is the, the Miami play that you've had with Lazardo. But I'll back up the Wade Miley play against uh, Hendricks and the Cubs at minus 125. For my dog, I didn't have any... I, I, I normally have four or five to choose from when I was struggling a bit. I'm going to put the Mets up on... Sorry, Scott? I thought you liked Pittsburgh. There's no official line, but you can still take it. Yeah, that's the thing. I would play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are really the only money line dog that I have, but I've got no official line. So um, I'm going to to put the Mets up on the run line. Um, This outlier uh, for Zach Davis, um, I don't really trust. I like Senga's last two road starts. And I think Brandon Nimmo and Tommy Farm are going to cobble together a lot of stuff tomorrow. I'll take the Mets on the run line. But yeah, throw out Pittsburgh. If they're out plus 160, um, I'll throw Pittsburgh out as well. Um, and I think that's it done. Uh, Lonte, what does the uh, 4th of July look like for you tomorrow? What goes on? Uh, well, I'm a boring person, so I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have I don't have a lot of highlights <laughs> in, in my life. I'm probably just going to sit around and, and watch some summer league uh, basketball. And um, it's going to be raining here where I'm at like all week. So that's no fun either either way. But even if it was a, a nice day, I'd probably still be at home studying for like college football, doing co- doing uh, uh, NBA stuff. So nothing at all, man. It's just going to be a regular day for me. No uh, DJ day off then for Lonte. Scott, are you doing anything fun? Uh, yes, I'll be watching British tennis. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. So, uh, well, I can't vouch for the weather time. here tomorrow. Um, oh, well, I will uh, I will watch the baseball. Benefit July the 4th benefits me because I get a lot of day sport to watch. Uh, so I will get stuck into that. Um, thanks, Lonte. Thanks, Scott. Cheers, everyone who joined us in the comments. Uh, QB1, Trev, Randy, uh, Serial was in there earlier on. Uh, Johnny Boy was in there as well and King Tutu was first in uh, thanks everybody um, I need to go because my daughter is making dramatic faces at me because she wants to microwave something and I am not allowing her because of the noise that it's going to make uh, so I'll get <laughs> off here and she can microwave whatever it is she's thrashing around on the floor being incredibly dramatic about three yards this week um, so enjoy July the 4th um, Megan someone will be back tomorrow uh, to handicap Wednesday's games until then We'll see you down the road. Cheers.